Hello, I'm Constitutional Attorney Katherine Henry, and welcome to the Constitution Segment Recap for Restore Freedom Weekly Season 2, Episode 4. Already, I can't believe it, um, but uh, there it is. Tomorrow's already February. Um, in this uh, particular uh, Constitution Segment Recap, uh, first of all, remember, this is just a recap, so if you want all the information and to hear the full discussion, please make sure to check out that full episode, the link to which is right in uh, the slideshow on page two of the slideshow. And of course, the link to the slideshow is in the description of this video. So make sure to check that out. This week, we talked about legislative compromises for more government power. Um, of, of course, last week, we started that in-depth discussion about legislative compromises, but focused on matters concerning our God-given liberties. This week, we continue the important discussion uh, by focusing on legislative compromises concerning governmental power, even in times of emergency. So you have liberties and powers, and those are typically the two ways that you, you study about or learn about the Constitution. Again, why is this important? Well, bills all across the country and all the state legislators in legislatures are starting to be introduced, even for sessions that aren't even officially begun, beginning yet, like the state of Florida already has bills introduced, um, even though they're not officially in session for over another month. And some of these bills that are being touted as the best medical freedom bills, like we talked about last week, some of those, or like yesterday's filed uh, House Bill 543 that is being you know, championed by the NRA is this constitutional carry bill still makes it illegal to open carry your firearm. How is that constitutional carry? Um, at any rate, so because these bills are already being introduced all across the country, it is super important that we look at things now and try to figure out this concept of compromise. And that's the biggest excuse you ever get from lobbyists, from legislators, from even now some of the grassroots people. Oh, well, you know, we've we've been told that it's just not going to have the support that it needs this year to pass. So we'd rather take a little bit of our freedom back than, than you know, ig ignore the entire law, right? Um, and that's basically the argument that they'd rather s settle for something that somewhat resembles some sort of freedom. Uh, but not actually getting all of the freedoms that God gave them and the Constitution guarantees in the first place. So this week, we asked the question, when there's an unknown threat, the government must be given additional powers to address the emergency, true or false? Make sure to check out those questions on Twitter, Telegram, True Social, YouTube, and LinkedIn every week. And uh, just do that before 10 p.m. when we issue or send out the answers. So consider legislation created in the areas um, of compromise, right? Legislation created out of compromise, um, talking about powers of government. Well, what about the 1976 Emergency Management Act and 1945 Emergency Powers of Governor Act for the state of Michigan? They've been around for a while, but uh, these, these laws supposedly give the governor power to issue executive orders to handle emergencies. Same thing that the public health director in Michigan out of the 1976 public health code is supposedly given the powers to issue their own EOs to handle public health emergencies. Um, Florida is, is another great example. 381.00315 is, is a state statute dealing with supposed public health emergencies. Um, taking a, a little deeper look at what we're talking about, the ones in Michigan I just mentioned supposedly allow you to prohibit the, the gathering of people for any purpose. And then within that, even though this is basically all the language shown here is what's in that statute, um, they have expanded that to require building closures or business closures, school closures, masking, vaccinations, 
um, you know, closing of church services, uh, picking and choosing which businesses can be open and how many people can be in it each, et cetera. Um, and of course, um, criminalizing any behavior that supposedly violates these executive orders or emergency orders. Um, and it, no, it's not just a problem of the past, because if you look at things that are happening even just one month ago as of today, uh, new laws were passed or new uh, bills were passed that modify these very laws and keep all the bad parts still in. Yes, that's right. Bills that were introduced by Republican senators and representatives and voted on unanimously in the Michigan State House and nearly unanimous in the Michigan House of Representatives and, of course, happily signed by Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of the state of Michigan, um, just on December 29th of this last month and uh, and made official by the Secretary of State on December 31st, 2022. We're talking about pretty recent people and that these are born out of compromise because we can't we're never going to get the governor to sign off on, um, you know, getting rid of the statutes that clearly violate the Constitution and shut everything down and require all these things and, and suffocate our liberties. So we'll just we'll just make sure that we have at least this one little tiny piece that's slightly kind of better. Now, if you're interested in seeing all the ways that these um, executive orders and things like this violate um, the U.S. or state constitutions, this is just an example of the ways that they violate separation of powers, due process, impairment of contracts, equal protection, assembly, consultation, instruction, and petitioning our government, freedom of worship, uh, rights against uns uh, unreasonable searches and seizures, and several other things. So please check out the slides in uh, the slideshow being shared with you this week. Also wanted to point you to Michigan statute 333.2241 that basically says, hey, you know, government, yeah, you, we authorize you um, to inspect or investigate any matter, thing, premise, place, person, record, vehicle, incident, or event, because we want to make sure, uh, we want to assure compliance with these public health code measures. Um, again, bouncing back to Florida, that statute 381.00315, and don't get me wrong, Michigan has one almost verbatim on the books still to this day, and many other states do too, that say that the government can examine you, test you, treat you, isolate you, quarantine you, basically however they see fit. In fact, the language here in a current state law here in Florida says the state health officer may use any means necessary to treat you. Yes, pretty scary stuff and stuff that no person who's taken an oath to uphold the Michigan or, or, or Florida or, or U.S. constitutions should ever be comfortable with. But certainly no named Republicans. If you have an R behind your name, you really should be shame, full of shame for thinking that this is OK to leave on the books just because it's politically expedient not to try to address it this legislative session. We also reminded you of some various bills relating to constitutional carry. Um, but let's focus on what words are actually in the Constitution. Look at your state constitution. How many times is the word emergency mentioned in your state constitution? It's certainly not in the U.S. Constitution. We went over the ways that it is in the Florida and Michigan constitutions and ways that are concerning or not. Um, and uh, what about the word compromise? Well, guess what? That's not in the U.S. or Michigan or Florida state constitutions. Um, so, again, why? Well, we need to remember that we can't pick and choose which parts of the U.S. Constitution that we're going to follow 
nor can we only choose to follow the Constitution when it's convenient for us. Why? Well, we start with that concept. We get our rights from God, not the government. Our rights are to be exercised unabridged, uninfringed, unviolated, undenied, un undeprived, and usurped, unabused. And at the very least, this means that I get to exercise my God-given liberties without first seeking permission from some government entities seeking to exercise all, all kinds of authority. After all, the government's main purpose is to respect and protect our God-given liberties. Of course, the government has no rights. And we, the people, created our constitution in our very form of government. And the government only has the power that we have specifically delegated to it. We must remember that the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land, which is definitely higher up in that hierarchy over any state constitutional provision that violates the U.S. Constitution. Um, or any of these other things that violate the U.S. Constitution. They're void on their face. And all government officials are required to take that oath of office. I did leave that video in the slideshow here so you can hear the speech that I gave to my own legislative delegation um, earlier this month on the oath of office. So check that out. But remember that government cannot act unless there is a specific power granted to it by the Constitution, and government is specifically prohibited from doing anything that violates either the U.S. or state constitutions. And check out this wonderful excerpt from a 1934 U.S. Supreme Court case that talks about how emergencies don't create power, and the Constitution grants power to the federal government and um, its limitations of the power to the states were determined in light of emergency, and they're not altered by emergencies. Again, check out the slideshow shared today. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. Restore freedom.